From the Tulsa World, this is Jason Collington, editor of the Tulsa World, here with Michael Overall, one of our staff writers. Uh, the Newsroom podcast allows me to get a chance to talk to the reporters, photographers, and editors uh, of the Tulsa World and uh, find out some of the stories behind the story. Michael Overall has been a longtime reporter uh, uh, for the Tulsa World, and he has been really writing a lot about the eviction problem and uh, recently wrote a story about the high rent, the rents that are going up. Uh, which was one of the, our most popular stories over two days. Uh, it got a lot of uh, a lot of reaction on social media. Uh, was really well read. And uh, Michael, uh, this is a kind of a topic. Living in Tulsa is something that you've written a lot about over the last couple of years. Uh, started with evic this eviction thing, and how that kind of blew up. We got a get, got a national ranking of how bad evictions are in Tulsa, and then kind of gone on now to the results of that of the supply and demand. Um, what have you found out over the last couple of years when it comes to living in Tulsa, when it comes to evictions, and now with the rental rates? It's been longer than that. I, I've been writing about evictions since 2016, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so there, there was a report that came out of um, some research from Princeton University that ranked uh, cities and how bad evictions were, how high evictions were. And Tulsa ranked 11th. And I mean, we're somewhere around 45th or 47th largest city in, in the country. So to be 11th in evictions, it was way out of whack and uh, it was, yeah. way out of proportion. So the Tulsa world wanted to see if we could figure out why, you know, what was, what was going on there that we were having so many more evictions than our size would suggest that we should. Uh, so, yeah. So it's, it's been a it's been a chronic problem for Tulsa and not a recent one the evictions anyway what what rent's what, a little bit different story I mean that's, exactly. that's a more recent phenomenon well what 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 did, what did you find out because again you you've you've spent some time in some really horrible places uh that were being rented uh we'll over, we, we a lot of us remember those that series that you did what, what did you find out when you tried to dig into the numbers and see what was really going on what why is the eviction rate so bad in Tulsa well it's, it's complicated, uh, like most news stories end up being. Uh, so there's a lot of factors that feed into it. Part of it is that it's pretty easy uh, for a landlord to go to court and ask for an eviction. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a, an easy legal process. It's a fairly inexpensive one as far as court fees and uh, court fees go. And, uh, yeah, we have a shortage of affordable housing. So tenants are easy to replace is what it comes down to. I mean, it, it, you know, the landlords don't have to worry too much about having an empty unit. It's not gonna stay empty very long. So, you know, uh, if you're falling behind on your rent, you're, you're pretty easy to replace. Uh, so that's part of it, we have a shortage of housing and especially at that, you know, the, the lower end of the uh, spectrum. And speaking to that in the story that you wrote, as I said, that was one of our most popular stories. Um, you report in that, that the vacancy rate dropped just below 5% uh, in the last year. That means that less than 5% of the apartments and rentals available were open, were, were vacant. Um, that, that's a crazy number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, normally you have about 10% uh, 
at any given time, 10% of apartments are going to be setting empty or rental houses, you know, yeah. as people move in and out and so forth. Uh, to drop below 5%, uh, that means nothing's staying on the market very long. In fact, uh, landlords are telling me they've got people waiting to move in. Like when, as people are moving out, uh, the new renters are waiting outside with the U-Haul to, to, to go in. So uh, they're hard to find people, you know, and when, when a product gets hard to find, the price is going to go up. Right. And then, as you said, as you reported uh, here in Tulsa, 19 percent uh, rental, rental rates jumped more than 19 percent in South Tulsa last year. And then in across the city, about 12 percent. Uh, so that that's that's a big chunk of money. If you're paying a thousand bucks a month and all of a sudden you're paying twelve hundred bucks a month. That's that's yeah. kind of a big jump. Yeah, it's huge. And and what what's interesting about that is the, the biggest jumps are coming in South Tulsa which tends not to be, uh, you know, the lower rent apartments. Uh, so it's the increase in rents, the upper, the upper scale of apartment is increasing faster. Uh, so it's hitting the middle-class renters the hardest. Uh, I mean, that, so that's, that's kind of new. I mean, we've yeah. had a shortage in Tulsa of, affordable housing, kind of low-income housing. We've had a shortage of that, like I said, going back at least to 2016. But now we're looking at the upper scale uh, of the rental market is also facing a shortage. Um, and, you know, it's South Tulsa that's getting hit and not, not just um, the rest of the city. So that's, that's, that's different. That's new. Yeah, and again, I would say that one of the things that everyone talks about Oklahoma is our cost of living being so low uh, to our friends on the coast, uh, to some of our friends in, in bigger cities. Uh, I, I, full disclosure, I rent. I rent a studio apartment downtown, and I pay 800 bucks a month. Uh, and the building that I'm in has a waiting list of several weeks. Um, they tell people it'll be, I'm sorry, several months to try to get in. Uh, and uh, the other two apartments that they also manage, those are both at 100% occupancy, and both of those have waiting lists that are quite long. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, downtown-wise, there's been a lot of new uh, apartments being built, a lot of new lofts, uh, and the one across the street from us, I think, filled up within three weeks uh, of it opening up uh, applications. So uh, there, there is a want for people to move downtown. There's people that want to live in South Tulsa. Uh, but like you said, there's just not enough places. I know we've had some trouble getting some new employees uh, being able to find a place. Um, but uh, quality, uh, as I said, that cost of living has always been something that has made us stand apart. We are uh, all the politicians talk about how it's so cheap uh, to live in Oklahoma compared to everything. But it sounds like the price is going up. Well, the good news here, I guess, if you want to look at it that way, is rents are going up everywhere else, too. Right. Uh, so uh, nationally, on average, rents went up almost 20 percent uh, in 2021. And in some places, they went up 50 percent, like uh, <laughs> Miami, Florida, the metro region, 50 percent. Uh, I think uh, Arizona rents went up something similar, like 40 something percent. So, yeah, rents are getting more expensive in Tulsa, but they're getting more expensive everywhere. 
And so in comparison, I, I think Tulsa is still a pretty affordable place to live. Um, it's just uh, the, sh the rental shortage seems to be hitting nationwide. And, uh, and then, you know, it's coming on top of highest inflation in 40 years. And uh, <laughs> uh, so it's, 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 a, it's a crunch for us, for sure. And for the cost to build a new apartment complex, I mean, there's there's several big ones that, that are being built uh, in Tulsa, Broken Arrow. Um, I mean, one of those just those sprawling uh, apartment complexes that are four or five stories tall and, and uh, several several uh, dozens of acres big. Uh, some are being built, but like you said, they're not keeping up with the supply or with the demand. And, um, and again, with lumber prices and, and building costs being the highest that they've ever been, that's also a problem because again, you've got, it's just like there's, it's just like the supply chain. You, you, you can't get the stuff done because you, it's not, you don't have the supplies that you can afford to build. And then you got the delays. It's, I said, we've kind of started a train that's going to be a while before it kind of gets up back on track. Yeah. You know, ordinarily when the price of a product goes up, investors will jump into that market and make more of that product, right? And then that right. pushes the price back down. Uh, that's the way the free market is supposed to work. Uh, the problem now is it's too expensive uh, to build these developments. So local developers are just telling us um, with the cost of construction, cost of labor going up, uh, even with the higher rents, they don't see it being financially feasible to uh, come into Tulsa and build a lot of new rental units. Uh, so uh, it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while, yeah. I think, before yeah. uh, the, uh, supply catches up with demand. There, we, there was an eviction moratorium uh, that was in place for a long time. Um, and, uh, you, you've done some reporting of, you know, people were waiting for this big, you know, wave of evictions to happen after that, uh, passed. What, what, what really happened in Tulsa when, when all of that happened? Yeah, we kept, we kept kind of embracing for this huge surge of evictions, uh, when the moratorium was lifted, uh, and, and we did see an increase. I mean, when you, when you lift a moratorium, the numbers did go up. But I, th I think Tulsa, you know, was preparing for the end of that moratorium. We had an emergency rental assistance program in place. Uh, and when the moratorium lifted, um, there were alternatives to evictions. You know, there was money available to keep people in their apartments. And uh, so far, at least, uh, eventually have not gone back up to where they were before the pandemic. So, um, you know, before the pandemic hit, Tulsa was averaging about 1,200 evictions per month. And uh, in January, we had a little over 800 evictions um, this past January. Uh, so, you know, two-thirds of what evictions were before the pandemic. Uh, I think that's, that's got a lot to do with just the help that people have available. Um, so Tulsa uh, Emergency Rental Program spent 
$34 million. They about $34 million in rental assistance in less than a year. Wow. And I, you know, that's a big number. My gosh. I was, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I was kind of trying to do a little bit of math on that. And if you, you know, average rent, average rent in Tulsa is about $900 a month. Uh, So that's more than 40,000 rental payments that were made in less than a year. Um, So, you know, in a way, the eviction rate doesn't, give the full picture of how people are struggling to pay rent. Uh, I mean, right. you, know, you know, usually if people, a lot more people are struggling to pay rent, you would see the eviction rate going up. Well, in this case, it's just basically the taxpayers stepping in and helping pay that rent. Um, it doesn't mean that people aren't struggling to pay it. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It just means that we found we found a way to keep them in their apartments, despite the fact that they're struggling to pay. And it is said what that's, again, one of the good, great things about Tulsa there. We kind of find a way sometimes when when people are in need. Um, I know there was that apartment complex that was uh, found to be not uh, livable uh, that we wrote reported on not too long ago. And uh, the people that came out, the city councilor, uh, banded together and, and helped those people out, got them places, uh, and tried to get that place uh, back to where it needs to be to meet fire code, uh, even the basic stuff. Uh, so again, Tulsa, again, this, this sounds like another story where Tulsa comes through and people uh, uh, band together. Organizations are, uh, are, are asked and tapped uh, to help people out, and it seems like a lot of people were helped. That I said... What do you, where do you think we're going next? What, what is the trend line telling you? Rents are going up, uh, evictions are where they're at. Where, where do you think we're going here in the next several years? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I think eventually we're going to, I, I do think eventually supply will catch up, start to catch up with demand. Um, the problem Tulsa is going to face and the rest of the uh, country is going to face is just the general economy with the, uh, the inflation we're seeing, uh, uh, I don't know what the effects of all the sanctions and back and forth in Ukraine is going to have on the economy. Yeah. I, it's going to have something. It's going to have some effect. So, uh, I, you know, rents can only go so high. People can only afford to pay so much. So at some right. point, uh, I think at some point they're going to max out. And then what do we do? I I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take for the supply to catch up. Um, downtown, uh, I, I think the future of downtown is going to be more and more residential because of remote work. And uh, well, I did, I, I did a story a few weeks ago about foot traffic downtown is, is something, some of the sidewalks downtown are 30% of the foot traffic that it was before the uh, pandemic, which is a result of all those office workers uh, working at home now instead of coming downtown. And that's going to change downtown. I mean, all that empty rentals, all that empty office space is going to be put to some different use. Um, And I think a lot of that's going to be homes you know so i think downtown is going to become a bigger and bigger neighborhood and and less of a less and less as a a workplace you know 
there's still plenty of a lot of empty buildings downtown that could be turned into lost apartments, uh, townhomes, things like that. There's there's still there's a lot of places that are full, but there's a lot of places that are empty, and then a ton of commercial real estate that is is not yeah. is, is still you we, you drive by signs on every block of the yeah. commercial uh, real estate that's available. So yeah, eventually there's a tipping point where you go, okay, we got to go from commercial to residential. Uh, and that's happened in other cities as well. Um, I know that a lot of cities didn't have a, a, a huge residential downtown and now they do uh, because again, the, the, the people that own those buildings, eventually they do the math and um, uh, they'd rather have it a family in there than a business. And, uh, and again, I, I don't know about you, but I think remote work, we're, we've been remote in the Tulsa World Newsroom now for two years. Uh, and when we have our staff meetings, there's probably only about four or five of us in the newsroom and everyone else is either on assignment or at their house or, um, and um, it's, it's, I said, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, hopefully things will, you know, COVID will still stay where it is. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see things changing radically where everyone's, everyone's ordered to go back to the office. I, I don't see those orders coming down the, the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a big, uh, topic for us to write about I think for years uh, just how that plays out for the community how it changes uh, development patterns how it changes transportation needs because so much of our transportation infrastructure is built and designed around getting people in and out of downtown right correct yeah well we have fewer people going in and out of downtown now so what does that mean how, how do we need to reprioritize highway spending or the bus system or other transit systems? I, I, it's going to be a lot of changes over the next uh, decade or so, I think, as, as we get used to different living patterns. Yeah. Um, I, I, while I have you here, I wanted to also mention you, you have a Sunday column that's quite pop popular in print and online uh, where you kind of go back to the archives. You kind of tell some of the stories uh, behind the buildings, uh, behind uh, malls, behind streets, behind turnpikes. Uh, and again, a lot of this is rooted from the book that you wrote for us. Uh, the Tulsa World published a book that you wrote, uh, what is that, two years ago now? Yeah, um, 2019. And uh, uh, that sold out uh, pretty quickly, um, where you kind of, you know, went back and, and, and again, it wasn't just about architecture, it was also about the thinking uh, of the people who were building this city at the time. Um, and, uh, tell people a little bit about your Sunday columns. We'll, we'll add some links to some of your recent ones, uh, to this podcast, but what, what do you try to do in that Sunday column, uh, to, to, what do you, what are you trying to, what stories do you try to tell in that, in that column? What I try to do with the Sunday column is, uh, basically tie current events back to our history because, uh, in a sense, every new story is a follow-up. You know, yep. uh, what's happening today is a consequence of what happened yesterday. And what happened yesterday was a consequence of stuff that happened in the past. So uh, I, I'm just trying to show people how what's happening today in Tulsa is a continuation of, of things from our past um, uh, and the ways that we've developed and the ways that, that the decisions that we made years ago are still having an effect on on the situations that we face today. Uh, so I'm just trying to tie the history of Tulsa into current events. And um, 
and trying to make use of those archives that we have. You know, the Tulsa world has been around for uh, how many years now? 1905? 100, 100, yeah, 118 years, yeah. Yeah, so those, are, those archives are one of the most uh, precious resources in Tulsa. I mean, there's a tremendous history uh, available there. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to make use of it. And well, you do, you trying do, to make people aware of it. Well, you do a very good job of it. As I said, it's one of the most popular things online each week. Uh, and uh, as I said, I'll, I'll put some links to some of the recent ones that have hit with people. Uh, well, Michael, again, I really appreciate your time on this, a lot of reporting. Uh, and again, this is the Newsroom Podcast. I try to talk to the reporters, photographers, and editors about the stories behind their stories. Uh, this uh, podcast is available on Apple, uh, Google, Spotify. We also are on the YouTube, uh, if you like it there too, and, and also on TulsaWorld.com. Michael, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Jason.